Welcome to Momentum Church. Now look at this room full of people. This, you guys are awesome. I'm so thankful that you're here today. We are trying the best we can to honor our, our Governor Kemp's request. And so we have sections of seating and obviously some of y'all choose to sit closer and you bring chairs over and that's on you and um and 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 and, and, and so that is my um i'm just that i'm just that's our disclaimer no <laughs> but um it's good now what i would like for you if you can help us all right this service is at capacity really i think i'm seeing about six chairs or so eight chairs or so it's pretty much a capacity for how we're supposed to be spread out and so if you can help us next week if you're here with us maybe not a guest this is the service you've come to but if you're a part of momentum if you could serve during covid by coming to first service you know um serve first service isn't quite as full as this almost as full as this this week but if we can have you and um and so we're, we're doing the best we can with the two services i told you last week and i'll say it again we could in august have to go to three services, okay? But the area that struggles with that is kids ministry. We have a great kids ministry for two. I don't know if we could do kids ministry for three, okay? And so, but just be praying as we make those decisions. We had a great board meeting this week, and we just, we don't want to tell people they can't come, amen? But we do want to be honoring. We started with the culture of honor from day one with this, um, this pandemic, and we want to continue with that culture of honor, and so we're honoring the, um, the request of our governor, amen? Now, if they tell us that, that we can't ever open a Bible, open our hearts in prayer, you know, but guess what? The things we're having to do, we're still the church. It's not keeping us from being the church, amen? And so, praise the Lord. So, all right, I want you all to open your Bibles up this morning to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And we're going to start a new series today. And the series that we're starting is called Flex. Everybody say Flex. 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 And Flex is actually, I have come to learn, is a, a slang term. And, and, and it kind of means, when it comes to flexing, it means to show off a little bit, right? How, how many's ever flexed a little bit? You, you're going to try to win the heart of that girl, you know? So you're, you're flexing a little bit. You're showing off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it be your physique, your belongings, or something you consider superior to those of others, People will flex. And the act of flexing is often criticized as a power move. It's considered arrogant and insincere. Okay? So, so in some ways, this idea of the word flex in our modern culture, it has a negative connotation. And, and at best, it's kind of taking what you have at best and kind of being arrogant and showing it off. That's kind of at best. At worst, it's the front. All right? To front like you have more than you really have. And so that, that's kind of um, um, where we're headed the next few weeks. Because I want us as a church not to flex as the world would have you to flex. But I do want us, and I want us to walk in the power and authority that Jesus has for us. Amen? And so we're going to get there. And, and there's another side to this, this kind of way of saying flex. And maybe some of you, I know the younger people in the house, you've heard this before. They'll say this, weird flex but okay. And basically somebody's bragging about something and you're kind of like, eh, it's kind of weird. I get it. I, I get it. It's just weird that you're 
celebrating it. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? So, so weird flexible. Okay, it's a phrase. It's said when someone proudly boasts or brags about something that most people would find either awkward, irrelevant, or just plain weird. And this week, we as a church experienced collectively a weird flex. Yes, we did. How many know the Around Woodstock magazine? Have you seen that before? All right, so I'm actually on the board of that little magazine, so I don't know if that taints what we're doing here, how, how we, because we receive a little honor from them. It might, I don't know. Weird flex. All right. But this week, how many know that people who eat at the cafes, they vote on the best cafe? And the people that go to the card, you know, repair places like Alpha and Omega, they, they vote on, on the best car repair, right? And the best barbecue in the world is, Chote. come on, somebody. It's, it's Choke Barbecue. Yes, it is. And so, you, you know, you vote. Guys, somebody sent me this picture this week, and I just thought, weird flex. How many know they vote on churches? Isn't that crazy? And I want you to see this picture. You ready for this? You see that? Woo! We're number two! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Hey, mama, guess what? We're number two! Weird flex. You know, now I, I love Woodstock City Church. That's a great church, you know? I love Pastor Andy Sanley. I love Gavin over there, the campus pastor. Good people. But you know what? We're number two! <laughs> It cracked me <laughs> next year. It just cracked me. I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> and I just thought it was such a weird flight. When I got it, can I be honest with you? It was humorous on one side and kind of broke my heart on the other. Can I just be really honest with you? I mean, I, I really, what, voting on churches, you know. And, and, but you know what? We do that. We, how many know we have expectations of what we want out of a good church, don't we? And I'm not saying that's wrong. I get it. And I feel like this is probably the most hypocritical thing I've ever expressed from the pulpit. Because I do want good stuff around here, right? But, but people will judge a church on worship. Well, what do you think? What's the expectation? Is that a good church? Oh, they've got great worship. <laughs> Which usually means skinny jeans, tattoos, and flannel. <laughs> and we've got the best of all that. <laughs> Actually, we got the second best of Not that I care. <laughs> but these expectations, there's this, this, this sense of, well, you know, I want that church, I don't want the music to be too loud, because then it just feels kind of dead, you know. But I don't want it to be too soft either. Or I said it the other way. It feels too hot. I don't want it to be too soft, because then it just feels kind of dead, you know. I don't want it to be too modern, but I don't want it to be too old either. And we judge, and we have all these expectations of what church is a good church. That's a good church because... How about preaching? We hear that when we think of a good church, you know, and people will flex even with their pastors. We're flex, but they'll be like, my pastor, blah, 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 my pastor, blah, blah, blah. And you know, as a preacher that is like, I want a sermon that's going to make me cry. I want a sermon that's going to make me laugh. I want a sermon that's really deep, but I don't want it to be too heavy. You know what? It needs to be serious and somber. But it better be funny. But if it's too funny, then it's trivial. I don't live under any pressure week to week. (laughs) 
Truth of the matter, I don't care. I just want to please Jesus. Amen? Amen. But this is, I go to a good church because. This is the expectations I have. Man, the church that we have has a great cafe. Did you see our cafe now, guys? We opened that wall up. Guess what? Bigger cafe space, increased anointing. Did you feel it? Did you? When you walked on campus today, mm, did you feel it? That's an expectation. I just want to be, I heard this one one time and it blew my mind. And again, here comes the hypocritical thing, okay? Our church has really great photo op places. You know, and I'm going to say some things and literally, I don't know if I'm saying this of any specific church, but it says hope. I get to see in front of the word hope. It says love. I get to see in front of We've got a nice wood wall out there. And people take their picture in front of the wood wall. That's why I'm a hypocrite. Because I like that wood wall. Okay? So our, our saying is everyone needs a story of that wood wall. Everyone needs a story of wood walls in their life. You know? I'm sorry. Our, our saying is everyone needs a story of hope. But, but still, so there's an expectation. It's like, oh, this is so, this is that, and stuff. Right? And you want know to like about momentum. I will say this. I've heard this before. Oh, there's so many cool people that go there. I love it. There's not so many cool people that go here. No, there is. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. What I love about Momentum is, man, it's a cross-section of older and younger and white and black and Hispanic and people with money and people broke as a joke. Amen? People that have it all figured out and can pray in tongues and people that have no clue and going, I don't want nothing to do with tongues. And people, you know what I mean? It's just awesome. It's just a, we have these expectations. But can I look at something here really quick? Watch this. And you're like, Pastor, are you going to preach? Oh, we're going to preach. I'm a word guy, aren't I, Momentum? Yeah. We're going to get there. But that's what people expect. I want to ask you, what does God command of a church? And pastors at fault, we chase those expectations. We just increased a bunch of facility for kids' ministry and student ministry because we want to serve those kids well. But it's not just the pop. Although I do like looking in that hallway and seeing that glass wall, and next week when it's all, or in a couple weeks when it's all finished, oh, I'm a hypocrite. But I'm going to be like, wow, look at that, you know? But it's about what's happening in the lives of those children. So what does God command of a church? He, he commands things like this, take care of orphans and widows. That's what he commands, amen? He, 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 he commands, be a family that's joined together, watching out for each other, serving one another. Be a, don't, don't park in the parking lot, run in, last minute, check your kid in, come into the sanctuary, hear the preacher, all right, hear the worship, run out, get out of here as fast as you can, and never connect with the family, all right? We're supposed to be knitted together and family, and, and that doesn't happen on campus. I get that. It happens in small groups, and we have those. All I'm saying is there's an expectation or a command from the Lord there's a command from the Lord to grow in maturity as disciples of Jesus. Amen? And I want us to stand to our feet right now, and I want to look at this command from Jesus, this commission from Jesus. What is his command? Not my expectations for the church, not what I want to flex about, but truly, what does Jesus want us to be mm, strong in? Amen? Mighty in moving under his unction and his power. Mark 16, verse 14 through 20. Afterward, Jesus appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit about faith, okay? 
Because I do believe that's a key element of faith. See God move in our life in power and strength. And so he rebuked them for that lack of faith, that unbelief, that hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Now, I'm going to say in Matthew 28, Matthew records the gospel here when he speaks of the Great Commission. And not only does he say to go and preach, he says, make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Say commanded. That's not an expectation. That's an actual command from the Lord. It's not just something I want, but it's what he is saying to do. Verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's awesome. Do you realize how awesome that is? Like literally somebody comes into this house and they give their life to Jesus and they go from darkness to light, from death to life. They go from being an old creature to a new creature in Jesus. And man, do you know how awesome that is? And sometimes it's like we come into the house of the Lord like... People are changing. I mean, lives are being made new. And hope and families are being made new. When the power of the Holy Spirit got a hold of my dad, I got a new dad. And it changed the trajectory of my whole life. And today, my dad is preaching, and I'm preaching, and my brother-in-law's preaching, and my nephew's preaching, and my other nephew's preaching. And you know what's even more important than that? My son sells barbecue. That chokes barbecue, anointed barbecue. Because it's not about being a preacher that makes you something. You can flex under the anointing of God and be a plumber. You can flex under the anointing of God and be anything. But what you can't do is flex under the anointing of God and not be changed. When you're saved, you're changed. It, it changes you. Hmm. So you see how exciting this is? Baptized and saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Everybody kind of swell up a little bit. <laughs> they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents <clears throat> with their hands. And they will drink any deadly poison. And, if, and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And everybody's like, you had me there for pastor for a moment. When you start talking about snakes, that freaked me out. I get that. That's just fifth Sunday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> fifth Sundays. No. <laughs> so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. That speaks of authority. So, so he's giving us this ability and authority to go into the world to do like he would do while he sits in a place of authority. It makes sense? To sit in that place of authority while you walk in his authority. Amen? Does that make sense? But you're the only body Jesus has in the earth. That's it. It's us. That's all, we have, all he has. And they went out and they preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Jesus, we asked that over the next few weeks, you would manifest yourself richly in this house, God. We submit to you, Lord, your command, not our expectation, but what you say we can walk in, we embrace in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have your seats. Amen. That's some true flex. When you look at that, isn't that some true flex? Oh, yeah. And so I'm not talking, when I think about the early church and the flex that they had, I'm not talking about a people who put on a false pretense of power and authority, but a people who understood who they were, more importantly, whose they were, their Jesus's, and what they were called to do. 
And so when I want to give this definition of flex, this is our working definition for the next few weeks as we look at this series. Flex, exercising your faith to move in the authority and power that God has for your life. I'm going to say it again. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what it looks like to exercise our faith to move in the authority and the power that God has for our life. Not just for ministry, but man, when you start to flex, when you start to move in God's authority and power, it'll change your marriage. It'll change everything. It'll, it'll, it'll change your, 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 your children, your relationship with your kids. It'll change all those kinds of things. And so I am ready to see the church flex again. Yeah. Well, that's all the book of Acts is. It's just God showing up and showing out through his body. I want to see that again. In our world, flex is, doesn't it? You know, I mean, the whole, when you think about our world, how does the world flex? The world flexes with money, don't they? Look at all I have. Look at all the things I bought. Look at all the, you know, the world flex with fame. And this all creeps into the church, too. The world flexes with fame. Here's something I think the world flexes with. The world flexes with entertainment. He, with entertainment. Grant, my one boy, he, he literally has a TikTok thing that has over 3 million views. And he'll tell you that. You know, entertainment. And like I said, I think that has crept into the church in some way. And so what happens is, you know, we're, we're trying to look, look all swole, trying to look all, but we're empty inside. We're weak inside. We're not moving in that Mark 6 commission. I want us to move in that Mark 16, rather, commission. How many of you have ever been to the gym before and you see the guys that are like this? I'm not talking to the guys that are really like that. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, there's guys that got lats and they can't put their arms down. You know what I'm saying? Some guys like, yes, I know. <laughs> right? But you'll walk into a gym and there's always the one guy like this. And, and what it is, you know what he has? He's got a case of ILS is what he has. Do you guys know what ILS is? It's invisible lat syndrome. <laughs> They're, they're, they're not there, you know? But he's, you know, he's just going to... But it's not there. They're not there, right? My son Grant, he has one character he does on his stupid TikTok stuff that um, he'll do that, and he puts his hands like this, and he... I can't do it. I, wish, I don't know if he's here. He will shoot me if I ask him to come up here. But, but he, he does this crazy thing, <laughs> acting like he's got lats. Do you, you know what? That's weird, guys. That's weird flex, isn't it? It's just weird. Acting like you have something that you don't really have is weird. Weird flex. And so what I want to do is I want to give us three things when it comes to this invisible lat syndrome. <laughs> Will you just play with it? It's okay. Is that all right? I'm going to use this as an acronym. <laughs> You're like, oh, real? Yes, I am. And so the I, you know why as Christians... We, we will miss being able to really flex in the things of God. Insecurity. That, that guy walks around the gym like this because he wants people to know that I'm secure, that I've, I've got this. I've, but there's an insecurity there most of the time. And as believers, I think God wants us to rise above our insecurity and be able to truly have some spiritual flex to move in the authority and the power that God has for our lives. But we'll never do that if we're insecure. You'll never be able to flex if you don't know who you are and what you have. Amen? Let's look here in Mark chapter 16. 
Mark 16, we'll go back to it, verse 17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. In my name, in my name. And I know as Christians, we will say things like, in the name of Jesus. As Pentecostals, we'll say, in the name of Jesus. We'll even, we'll even say it more, you know what I mean? Like, because that makes it work better, right? It's not an incarnate, it's not an it's it's not a magic spell, all right? It's not, no, in the name of Jesus, yes, we say that, but it's more about you living up under the character of who Jesus is, up underneath his commands, up underneath his teachings, up underneath his expectations, his desires, and you're living in such a way that you're finding yourself in him. Not your pride in the money, not your pride in the fame, not your pride in the entertainment, not all the stuff. But no, you're finding that you're, you're getting developed in him, in the name of Jesus, will do these things. According to his character and who he is and his teachings and the quality of who he is, we will do these things. And yes, we'll still pray in Jesus' name, but it's more than just praying a prayer. It's living a life. I can say I'm going to the gym I go to the gym. I go to, the, I go to Planet Fitness. I can say that, but I'm not in the lifestyle of Planet Fitness. My favorite thing at Planet Fitness is the massage bed thing. <laughs> Love that. I can work out for an hour on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I believe, so here it says, in, in my name, they'll do these things. And, and I got to thinking about my, my, my son-in-law, Zachary, is starting to lift. Now, Pastor Brantley's a big lifter. He knows all this stuff. And in the first service, we had a whole row of guys that are all gym guys. I mean, they're just, I was preaching this, and they were just, like, they couldn't even put their hands down. Because literally, they can't put their hands down. They worship all the time because <laughs> of their lats. It's just, they walk all, everywhere they go. <laughs> good Good men. But Zachary, my son-in-law, is learning this thing, and he's got a friend, Clay, that plays drums, and so Clay is teaching him how to lift and how to do all this stuff, and here's what Clay said, and I love this, don't go to the gym without me. In other words, go to the gym in my name. Do, do what you see me do. Do what you see, the motions that I do, the weights that I tell you to do. do follow my command, basically. And in doing so, guess what will happen? You'll come away from insecurities because now you're not leaning on your name and on your abilities. You're leaning on Jesus' name and his abilities, and you'll start to get secure, not in you, but in Jesus. And you won't go saying, I'm going to cast this demon out because I feel so, no. But you know Jesus, you've been walking with Jesus, developing you, and you've been in his name. And now there's a situation where you need to say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, come out. Guess what that demon has a choice to do? Come out. Yeah. Amen? Hmm. And so my son-in-law is learning from Clay, and guess what's going to happen? I know it. He's going to get swole, and old dad-in-law is going to have to get swole because I can't have my kids, you know. But guess what? He's going to get secure. In and confident in using those weights and what it takes and the practices and so on. In other words, he's going to start to get a little bit of authority. Clay's an authority on this. And Clay has the strength to prove it. So Clay has both the authority and the power in this practice, all right? And so you'll never be able to flex if you don't know who you are and what you have. So the first thing, who you are, is you have authority from Jesus. That's who you are. 
when that great commission came, he said, you go do these things. He's just giving you the authority. Then guess what? He's going to back it up with the power of the Holy Spirit as well. We'll get to that here in a second. And so possessing that authority, that means that you can then exercise the power that you have. And there's two Greek words. One is exousia, which basically is the right or that authority that you have. And then the next one is dunamis. That's the power that you have. And so to know who you are so you don't have insecurities, so that you're not just like empty like this, but you're really flexing true, know this, that you have the authority through Jesus. You have the exousia through Jesus. Just like a police officer has a badge, that's his authority. But guess what else that police officer has? He has a weapon. That's his power. So the police officer has exousia, authority, and dunamis is the second Greek word for power. Dunamis, he has power. That's the power that we see in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, when it says that the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, and you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. All right? So we have authority and we have power. In the next two weeks, I want to start to talk to you about how do we release that? What do we do to release that authority and that power as we live our lives out? Amen? Book of Acts isn't fairy tales, y'all. It's supposed to be for us today. And so with that, problem with that is this, though. With right and power, you have choice. Whenever you have right and power, and we can choose, and we can possess authority, and so then we can make a choice with that authority, and we can choose poorly. Can I give you a weird flex? Here's a weird flex. People who are believers that choose to flex about their liberty, and they live extremely carnal, fleshly lives. Well, I'm a believer, but I can do this. And that's where they flex. Weird flex. Okay, I get it. But it's weird to me, all right? People choose licentiousness, and they call it liberty, and they flex about it. Hmm. And they wonder why they have no true power and authority. Amen? Love you, pastor, right? All right, good thing that'll keep... So... Number two, so that first one is, is insecurity. The second thing that will keep you from really flexing and moving to the power and authority that God has for you is licentiousness. Everybody say that word, licentiousness. And a lot of times that word is tied to sexual immorality, but it really just means flesh. It's just, it's just uh, everything's about the flesh. It's all about the flesh. And watch what the scripture says in Jude, verse 3 through 4. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that once was for all delivered to the saints. In other words, they're starting to slip back. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of God of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So there's this choice to continue to move in the things of the Spirit or to celebrate our flesh, you know, and to bow up in our insecurity and to bow up in licentiousness. And, and here's the thing. This isn't a salvation issue. I'm not telling you when you struggle with your flesh that you're not going to heaven, okay? But, but I'm telling you the church has got to get past being satisfied having Jesus as a Savior and begin to lean into him as Master and Lord. If we're ever going to see his body and the earth do as he desires, he's got to be Master and Lord. Amen? 
Zachary can't get swole. He can't get where he wants to get if he doesn't listen to Clay developing him. I'm going to do what I want to do. Give me them Doritos, <laughs> them Cheetos, them burritos, them fritos, them ho-hos. Everything that's bad for you ends with an O. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know why that is. Hmm. But he's master, people. And so there's that weird flex, though. I see it all the time in the modern church. Because we come. And, and if you know us, people will say momentum church is a dichotomy. Because we come here, and at first we see all you people, and it's like, oh, that's a very liberal place. That's, that, everybody's got tattoos and, 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 and really nice hair and, and whatever it is. And they think to themselves that, that, that that's, you know what? And then they're here a few months. And they're like, oh, my gosh, they love the word in that house. Oh, my gosh, they want their lives changed in that house. Oh, my goodness, they want to defeat sin in their lives in that house. They want to live holy in that house. They want to move in the Holy Spirit in that house. Woo! And they, they, they realize, y'all ain't liberal at all. And I'm not using liberal conservative like the political sense. I'm using like the idea of using liberty for licentiousness sense. And I'm done with that for my own self. And I hope you can rise up in your heart and say, I want to flex for the things that God has. I want to walk in his power and his authority. It says this in Ephesians 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexual, immoral, or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, which is good because it's not just sexual stuff. It's all sorts of stuff. Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That kingdom isn't something we're waiting on. Yes, we'll go to his kingdom, but his kingdom authority, kingdom power, kingdom anointing is here for us to move in right now. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when every, anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Now watch this. This challenge to go from darkness to life, to light, from death to light. This challenge to, to rise up and not have a false flex, a false front, but to really rise up. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. you God shining on you, that causes the church to flex, and people get to see Jesus in the midst of that stuff. Thank you. Jesus, people get to see Jesus in the midst of it. But just let me remind you, you'll never be able to flex if you care more, ready for this, about the demands of your flesh than the commands of the Lord. That's what licentiousness does. It draws us to, to satisfy the demands of the flesh at the expense of really listening and moving in the commands of the Lord. And so, yes, you can do these things. Maybe there's some things you're saying, Pastor, I know this isn't going to send me to hell. I get that. I don't know what that thing might be, okay? But you know, because the Holy Spirit's telling you right now. It might be a relationship. It might be a practice. It might be a thought. I don't know what it is. And yes, you can. For instance, yes, you can have one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world. Yeah, yeah, you can live like that. Yes, you can, but you won't see the power of God manifest in your life. Yes, you can only get into the presence of God on Sunday mornings, but you won't carry his presence with you to the degree that he affects change in others because they see what's happening to your life submitted to Jesus 
in all areas. Yes, you can excuse sin. Amen? But you'll miss seeing all those things that God wants you to see and hear and receive revelation, understanding, knowledge, supernatural things that you can begin to speak and move in. And so, yeah, we can celebrate the liberty and embrace the licentiousness and miss the power that God has for us. As we close, Ephesians 5, let's finish with this, verse 15 to 18. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. This world needs the church like never before. This world needs you like never before. They need you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Watch this. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That's my last thing. Insecurity, licentiousness, and people who are spirit deficient. That's my S. I know it wasn't that great, but you get the point. What do you mean, pastor? Spirit deficient. Spirit deficient. I believe that you'll never be able to flex if you don't make room in your life for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I say that again? I don't think you'll ever make room in your life for the power that God has for you if you don't make room to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, Pastor, I, 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 thought, I thought when you're saved, you get it all. Well, yeah, you get, you get the Holy Spirit. He comes to live within you. He doesn't part and parcel himself. But guess what? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, he gets more of you. When you get saved, you get to go to heaven. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, guess what? You take a whole lot of other people to heaven with you. Because the Bible says when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you will become that witness of him. Amen? That, that, that Jesus shining on you. That, that people can see that flex. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's his power and his presence really at work in your life. We can see in Acts 2 the experience that took place in the early church when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon that early church and they became world changers quick. Quickly they get pulled into the Sanhedrin. They get lambasted. And now they get let go and they all come together to pray. Let's stand to our feet just like this. They all come together to pray one more time. One last time. They get ready to pray before they're going to go out again. And they're discouraged. They've been threatened. And in verse 29, Acts 4, and now the Lord look upon their threats. This is their prayer. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I think of that in our world right now. There's a lot of anti-Christian propaganda, a lot, to, a lot of anti-church stuff. And I just want to say, let's look upon those threats. Hmm. And let's show them what Jesus is really all about. Amen? Look upon those threats and, Lord, do something in me that is undeniable, that people see it's you. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak with word, your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, guess what happened? This baptism of the Holy Spirit came again. And when they had prayed... They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Amen? Let's just take a few moments here. If you, if you want to receive a touch from the Holy Spirit, I want us to prepare us now. And as you get ready to go into this week in your time of prayer, just ask the Lord to touch you, to baptize you in His Spirit. And if you would, just hold your hands like this. If that's something you want to receive, 
Jesus, I thank you for my salvation, Lord. I thank you that you have redeemed me. And like we have said, Jesus, we went from darkness to light. Thank you that you have a place for me in heaven. But Lord God, I want to be all that you desire me to be in this world for your glory. I don't want to do that on my own. I've tried. And so, Lord, would you fill me again afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit? Lord, people here in this room right now, Lord God, just fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh and anew. Rest upon us, Jesus. Rest upon us, Jesus. Lord, we know that in our own self, it will always be a front. We know in our own self, it will always be us just puffing up. But Lord, when your Holy Spirit comes and takes over, when your Holy Spirit comes and you baptize us, Lord God, that strength that we walk in, Lord God, it's your anointing, it's your authority, it's your power, it's your ability. It's not us any longer. It's you, Jesus. Lord, we recognize that at times it's so powerful, Lord God, as you begin to stir upon us, that you begin to speak in and through us with tongues, with, with voices that cannot be uttered in English even, Lord God. Because we're your body and our tongue is your tongue. You speak your words through us as you desire, as you please, Jesus. Lord, we invite you to have your way. What that looks like, that's between you, Lord God, and my heart, Lord. But Lord, we can see in the book of Acts, Lord, your people getting touched by the power of God and never being changed, never changing, Lord God. Being touched in that moment, God, speaking in tongues, prophesying, preaching, boldness. We speak that right now in the name of Jesus for this house. Boldness, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you guys over the next week just to prepare your heart. I really believe the next two Sundays, God's just going to do some neat things. I don't know what that looks like, all right? I really don't. I, I, just, I just know that he's inviting us to his table to receive all that he has from, from him, amen? So just prepare your hearts this week. Come next week with a sense of expectation. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.